Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to episode six of Sex with Charlie and Nina. Hope you're all enjoying it so far. How are you doing, Nines? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited actually today. Yes, we have a very exciting guest today, don't we? Yeah, we do. We've got double Academy Award winner, writer and paranormal psychologist and spooked Scotland, which is coming out the 27th of May on Discovery. Evelyn Hollow. Hello. Hello. Hi. Is it Evelyn or, or Evelyn? Evelyn. Evelyn. Oh, okay. sorry. I don't. I don't really mind. It's. I right. think Evelyn's the uh, the English pronunciation. Yeah. Evelyn. Yeah. Yes. My middle name's Evelyn, and yeah, I pronounce okay. it Evelyn. So, yeah. did just want to check that. Well, that's ruined. Uh, that's ruined that intro. Yeah. Sorry, Evelyn. That's yeah. okay. I, I did make a small small statement about how good you were at doing intro. I know, yeah, I know, great. <laughs> and you fucked it. <laughs> yeah, well, we've we've got Evelyn Holly. I'm very excited because I've got loads of ghosts. Oh, I'm massive into my ghosts. You're into your ghosts, aren't you? I'm into my ghosts, yeah. I yes. assume you are into your ghosts as well. Yeah, it would be a yeah. weird job if I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, Evelyn, how are you doing this morning? Because I've seen um, quite a few of your posts recently and you're on day 89 of... A promo, yeah. Being. <laughs> what, what, what is it? Just like drinking every every day and night? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, permo is a uh, permo is Scottish slang. It means um, like permanently on it. So do you know if you go out for a couple of nights in a row, you're on a you've got a bunch of nights out in a row. You're on a permo. So it started as that because there was a couple of weeks where we just had loads of events and stuff on continuously, and then it just got really out of hand. And then I thought we'd do 50 and then uh, 50 and retire. And then it just kept going. So this is day, this is day 89. Uh, trying to set a world record for uh, for setting, apparently. Um, <laughs> At what point does it become alcoholism? <laughs> and, and finish Rob- being just a sesh. Probably when probably when I was about 21, to be honest. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. Mate, it was like 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Eight, nine. I've not got it in me anymore to just carry on. Like I'll have one, like I'll have a couple of drinks and then I've got a hangover for like three weeks. Yeah, but I do think if you carry on drinking. Oh, you don't get a hangover. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just mm. constantly pissed. Yeah. That is also, yeah, there's definitely a a strong um hit of the dog attitude in Scotland where if you're if you're really rough, the best, you know, sometimes you can't always eat, you'll you'll be ill. So the, the best thing is to just go out and have a pint or I think for me it's probably specific cocktails, cork reviver number twos, 
um, disarono sours, mm. um, cer- certain cocktails, you'll feel rough and then you'll have one and you'll be like, I'm back, lads. Let's get on it. <laughs> yeah. All the tiredness just kind of goes, doesn't it? When you start, like for me, yeah. it's like tequila shots. If I'm like hanging and feeling tired and I've got to go out the next day, I'm like, get me some tequila. I don't, uh, I think for me, I don't really, um, because I drink the same sort of things, like I'm a big fan of red wine and I don't really get hungover on red wine. So for me, that that's it. I'm just I'm just tired, but I'm tired all the time. I work like five jobs, so it's um, it's more just tiredness than anything else. But as long as I don't, you know, mix loads of drinks, as long as I stay to drinking the same one or two things, I'm grand. Like I can just keep going and then get up in the morning and be fine. So you're feeling okay today, then? Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I uh, I got home from work at like. I don't even know, closer to 1am and then sat down and started working on the notes uh, for this and yeah, uh, drinks and mm-hmm. then I uh, went to bed and I was back up and I'm, I'm okay. Cool. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Right. <laughs> so what we wanted to talk about was ghost sex uh-huh. <laughs> and ghost relationships and some of the research we've been doing, there's also been like speculation of becoming pregnant by ghosts it's like mm-hmm. a whole thing mm-hmm. do you have a lot of experience in that kind of side of it um i don't this is a it is an unusual area of um parapsychology uh yeah it's weird to say as a parapsychologist i'm doing an interview for a sex podcast <laughs> 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 but um, I mean, there is crossover because in you know history of mythology, witchcraft, things like that, sex and magic, and sex and the paranormal is a huge area. You've uh, it's kind of intrinsically linked. Um, you've also got mythological creatures that kind of come into that area, and then you've got spectrophilia, the kind of you know fetish of uh, of, of sex or the sexual fetishization of ghosts and spirits. And um, although it is uncommon, um, you know, you still see cases of it today. You still got stories of people marrying or trying to marry ghosts. Um, and uh, you would get cases of people, you know, ex- having to go to a psychologist because they're experiencing, um, you know, what they believe is like sexual related uh, torment to do with um, spirits or ghosts. So although it is unusual, it's, it's, uh, it's actually quite an interesting area. And some of the history of it dates back thousands of years as well. Mm. Well, it is all very sexy, isn't it? The minute you start like bringing in ghosts and witches and devil worshiping and all of that, every, it's all it was, is all very sexy. There's something to be yeah. said about it, isn't there? I think. Yeah, it seems like to me as well that like because when I first thought of like ghost sex, I'm thinking this is like against someone's will. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it's all very consensual. Yeah, I think it can be in terms of the mythology when you've got um, like succubi and incubi creatures, um, that seems more like it's it's against someone's will. But then in spectrophilia, um, yeah, it seems more, um, I guess, consensual. There's a kind of active desire um, to have some sort of sexual relation with a spirit. And you've got cases of people trying to, you know, marry these ghosts and, and things like that. And so, yeah. Do you think that the ghosts are like well up for being married? Because because <laughs> it could be one of those situations where you're like, oh yeah, definitely wants to marry me, and the ghost's like, no, no, I don't <laughs> want. I'm not going to be there for this, and you're going to have to pretend I'm there. Are no one just... else can see me, so you'll be like, yeah, no, he's hmm. all for it. Yeah, there's a ghost trying to marry for a green card somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So do you, is there much evidence to, to support it? And do you believe that it's real? I mean, the thing is, although some of the mythology is ancient, it goes back thousands of years. Um, you know, and it is unusual that in a lot of the cases, a lot of descriptions match. There's kind of there's kind of two different versions where you have the creatures being described as, you know, sort of gargoyle-like and a scaly, kind of a bestial in nature. Mm-hmm. And then in the later years, you've got them being more personified as human or taking more human form. But it is unusual that lots of the, uh, you know, descriptions and things all match from <clears throat> various different cultures. I mean, these things pop up in lots of different cultures all over the world. So that is really strange. I think to me, my interpretation of it is that specifically it's more likely linked to sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. So you're experiencing sleep paralysis, you're paralyzed and your brain is kind of mapping the dream state onto the live waking state. So people often describe seeing, you know, figures in the room at the end of their bed, but they also describe a pressure on their chest, like someone sitting on them. Yeah. And there's a famous painting of like the demon and it is that woman lying with a oh, small, yeah, yeah small like, gargoyle sitting yeah. on her chest. Yeah. And yeah. things like that. So that's when that, and also in dreams, you know, people can historically do wake themselves almost from having sexual dreams that can become quite intense. So if you had that and you woke rapidly into sleep paralysis, you would feel like that was happening to you. So that's my interpretation of what it most likely is. Mm. Yeah, well, I've experienced sleep paralysis And for me, it was very much like I knew that it was a hallucination That it wasn't real mm. um, Even though it felt real It wasn't like a dream It was like a hallucination So I, I knew it was happening But I was completely aware of what was going on And I knew that it wasn't a real, like, demon Like, crushing me um, But there's people that, like, actually think it's happening yeah. So do, do you think that there, there might be a little bit of like well, one of the stories that I read, this woman was having like a full on relationship with a ghost, but it never presented itself to her physically and she yeah. couldn't hear it. So, I mean, that sounds like an ideal marry the hell out of that. <laughs> can't see him, can't hear him, but, but still yeah. have sex with you. Do you think there's a bit of like people maybe with some mental health problems yeah I mean that's the thing is that in the paranormal it's it's difficult because when we're using psychometrics to um, assess people for mental health conditions there will be categories of things like paranormal belief superstitious belief conspiracy theories so for instance when you're assessing for something like schizophrenia there'll often be this kind of magical reality belief but for me, uh, as as a younger psychologist, it was hard because some of the questions would be things like, you know, how much do you believe in, you know, just general spirituality, kind of like new age beliefs. And I'm a pagan. So it's weird for me to look at the assessment for schizophrenia and be like, they're basically just asking if they sort of believe in some of the things that I generally believe in and have done in my religious beliefs. But nobody's asking them, you know, do, do you believe there's a God and a, say Christian God? 
Um, yeah. And they say yes, and they're going, oh, well, you're schizophrenic. Because if you believe in something so sort of as widespread or as accepted as something like, say, Christianity, that's acceptable. But if somebody believed in the same thing, but say it was like, um, you know, more kind of folklore traditions like the Green Man yeah. or um, or even really fringe stuff like kind of fairies and werewolves and things like that, everyone's going, oh, yeah, that 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 person's definitely mentally ill. And it's really it's really weird to kind of entangle like because belief in like being Christian is a is a paranormal belief. You know, you believe in an unseen creator and God and unseen forces. That is a paranormal belief, but it's really weird that we treat one as being socially acceptable and the other is you being mentally ill. Yeah. So there is a kind of hard line there of, you know, if if you believe in ghosts, are you mentally ill? And it's it's really weird because then that stops us as scientists from being able to make assessments because people don't want to talk about this stuff. They don't want to talk about what they've seen and experienced because they think they're going to get written off as being unhinged, essentially. It's hard. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely valid point. Yeah. Completely valid point. There is no difference between believing in God intervening and something else intervening. No, absolutely no. not. No. That's bad, isn't it? Because I, I, that never even occurred to me at all that they were going around asking people whether they believe in the paranormal, and if they're like yes, they're going well. This bitch is tripping. Yeah, they can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that is that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's mad. That is literally mad. Um, I. Have a quick. I've I've asked this question quite a few times to other people, and I'm not I'm not getting the answers. So I'm hoping that you're going to have an answer for me, Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, why are all the ghosts old? Like, why aren't there any ghosts from like the '90s wearing like a bucket <coughs> hat and a Nirvana t-shirt? Yeah, what's what's the deal there? So, I think one of my understandings is that I believe that, or I have a working belief that. Um, ghosts may be caused by the fact that consciousness is molecular or particle in nature, it's individual particles. And then once you die, it all breaks down into individual particles and kind of decays out. Now, when something decays out, obviously, in the universe, it spreads out and out and out and out further. Everything in the universe is sort of recycled. Energy cannot decay. Mm. And when it's spread further out and out in, in the universe, there's a point where it, everything would no longer be governed by the way that we perceive time. You know, we perceive time as being linear. You move through A to B to C. It can only go forward. It can't go back. But that's simply not true. Time is a flat circle. It's all happening at once. And so you kind of get these, uh, you know, collections and, and loops and revenants and, and echoes and replays. Um, and time is governed differently. So for us, we're experiencing the past. We're seeing someone from the past, but it's not. That's not that's not how that works, and in the same way that the simplest uh, comparison is that you know if we're here and and we see a star, the chances are the star isn't there anymore because it takes so long for light to travel. So it's the same way that for us that's that's the past, but for them it's now, or we're seeing something is happening now, but it's not. It's from older before because there's this kind of disconnection of what is now for us and what is now for them. So I do believe that. You know, and, and I know that people kind of describe seeing older ghosts more often, you know, things like scullery maids or like old fishermen or yeah. things like that from the Victorian era and things like that. But you do get more modern things. But the other kind of working theory is that 
maybe these things take longer to gather and project. So if you have something that's much older, does it has it had more time to gather and gather and gather and take form and become corporeal? And are the things you see that are more vague, like sort of, you know, shadowy or outline or form of a person, but they, you can't see their clothes or anything? Is that a newer thing that hasn't built up long enough? Oh, so in like the future, people won't be seeing like salty Victorian men just like pottering around castles. It will be like some guy from 2001. It, yeah, it, it will be somebody. Some, uh, te- do you think there'll be like TikTok generation ghosts? Oh my god, that's that's the scariest thought. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> like, that's horrifying. Can you imagine a ghost appearing and doing like a TikTok dance? Oh a ghost just god. sauntered through my kitchen, hit a dab, and fucked off. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the absolute worst, isn't it? Can you imagine? That's terrifying. Oh god, let's hope it never comes to that. I always and, think about um, that in the future because you just think like. These people that are doing stuff like that and like putting all these like weird like dog filters and whatnot, like their grandkids or their great great grandkids are going to be like, oh look, this is my nan. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than like, because I've got photos of my like granddad and great granddad yeah. like in in my house, and it's all like really nice old photographs. Yeah, and I just think in the future it's going to be like, oh my god, it's going to be me with my like jugs out pulling like a duck face. Yeah. Oh wow. Or uh, MySpace, uh, MySpace pictures. It's just going to be pictures of me when I was a scene kid with big back combed hair, yeah. leaning forward oh. into the camera with you know with uh, striped um, hair clipping, hair extensions, and and. Christ. Oh God, well, we're the same person. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? I was actually trying to explain to someone um, the other day about MySpace and I was like, it's before Facebook. And they were like, what do you mean before Facebook? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, before Facebook, there wasn't really anything. It was MySpace and then nothing before that. The internet well, was very young. Yeah, I guess people on oh my MySpace. God, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then before that, I think it was just like forums and stuff, basically. MSN Messenger. Yeah, I was trying to explain that as well, that Mm. you used to interact with people on, like, um, chat rooms. Yeah, Yeah. and they'd be like, ASL. You mean yeah. that? <laughs> age sex location. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. Remember when we were all teenagers all getting groomed on MSN? Oh, oh my yes. god. Yeah. yeah. And Christ. like people going like, be right back when they were just going yeah, to the be. toilet. Now I don't text people back for like three days, and I don't say a word. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like BRB in people when you're just like nipping downstairs. Oh, so weird. It's isn't it? So, so weird. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so TikTok ghosts, no, no. It's, a no, it's a no from me. I don't want any of that business. Well, hopefully, we'll be long dead and not have to experience that. Yeah, because I'm quite happy with Victorian ghosts. I would like to think that I will come back as ghost. Yeah, I think you will. Do you reckon? Mm-hmm. Do you think I'll haunt you? I'll be haunting with you. You'll be dead. Oh, okay. You'll be dead. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Do you think I'm living on this earth without you? (laughs) What's no? What is the criteria for ghosts, um, Evelyn? Like, do you have you got to like be a certain person to come back, or because like I always thought it was like if it's sort of this whole concept of like unfinished business. But I mean, they've been dotting around for long enough. Like if you haven't finished all the things on your list by now, then 
Penny. I said, like, what's the um somebody had said, why are there why are all vampires in the literature like really like wealthy and things like that? And it's like, bro, if you've been here for a thousand years and you're still poor, just walk into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, can you imagine coming back as a poor vampire? A poor vampire, yeah. No way. If if you're not like living your absolute best life as as a vampire. Yeah. Well that that's yeah. the point, I think. Just, that you just wouldn't, would you? Just, like, going up the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd come in as a vampire, like a new vampire, and be like, okay, right, money. Yeah. But then um obviously I know. I'm going to say, oh, I know Buffy isn't real life as we're talking about um, vampires. Um, but like, they weren't like, they weren't living their, their best life, I don't think. They were just sort of like knocking around in like a basement. Yeah, but these are vampires that didn't have penises. Mm. Yeah. They couldn't have sex. That's what I I mean, that's never... a walk into the sun moment if yeah. I ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. If you're not rich and you haven't got a dick, get out of there, mate. It's not worth it. Yes, yeah. I always say I can't wait to um, everyone else is like, oh, I want to be reincarnated as like an eagle. I want to be reincarnated as like a great painter. And I'm like, just once I'd like to be reincarnated as a guy so that I don't have to spend three hours getting ready. Oh, and I can, uh, I can just uh, leave the house and go for a walk at night and not fear for my life. And uh, you know, don't have to work twice as hard for half as much. Oh. The absolute luxury of coming back as like a straight white cis male. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine. I'd like to just be reincarnated as a neurotypical person, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not asking for much. No. Nah. Like, yeah, I want to know what that's like to experience that level of privilege. Yeah. I think that would be nice. I mean, we do walk around like we're straight white men, don't we? We've started this whole straight white man movement and we're really going places now we treat people with the disdain that a straight white man treats everyone else yeah <laughs> it's yeah. mad how it works it is mad how it works it's just oh, the I love it when uh when when we do it it's um either being aggressive or difficult or you're being a bitch yeah. and then like when they do that like, oh they're really like proper like don draper really uh yeah. in control really like powerful really assertive they really know what they want and then i do it they're like oh yeah she's an absolute dragon yeah oh yeah they're all oh, like, yeah. a cool guy yeah. The minute a woman does it, like she is off her fucking head. She's unruly. Yeah. Well, when you stand up for yourself as a woman, you're just like hysterical, aren't you? But when a man yeah. stands up for himself, he's like full of integrity. Yeah. And you just think, go fuck yourself. All of you. <laughs> all, all fuck of off. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Do you think women ghosts are going around having sex with men? Well, that's the thing. So in um in in the mythology. You've got two kind of two kind of creatures. So you've got succubus and incubus. And incubus um, is from the Latin, which means to lie upon. And succubus comes from the Latin meaning to lie beneath. And they're binaries of the same creature. So an incubus is the male form and a succubus is the female form. Um but uh, these these actual def- like titles uh, didn't apply until much much later into medieval times. But the actual mythos dates as far back as two thousand four hundred BC, oh. and um, one of the earliest mentions actually comes from Mesopotamia, which was on the Sumerian king list, uh, in which the the hero Gilgamesh, his father 
is listed as Lilu. And it was said that Lilu is something that uh, disturbs and seduces women in their sleep. And there's a counterpart called Lilitu, which is a female demon who appears to men kind of in their erotic dreams. Um, but ori- originally these were actually storm demons. And then because of a mistake in the etymology, they've become known as kind of night demons. But the idea is that the female version, um, the, the, the female version comes to men, kind of seduces them in their sleep, and whether consensually or non-consensually, has intercourse with them, retrieves semen from the body, it then transforms into the male form, and then does the same thing to a sleeping female and uh, can impregnate them. And then they give birth to this sort of half-human offspring, which is known as a cambion. Um, and uh, and this, you know, this is even in like the legend of Merlin and things like that. It pops up all over different uh, different culture. And King James, in his account, uh, demonology, he believed that it was basically the devil uh, trying to, you know, create new demons. Um, but in order to do this, the devil would have to collect sperm from a corpse and transport it to a female. But it wouldn't always work because, you know, sperm would cool and it wouldn't take effect. So you had these creatures that could, they were like non-binary demons or gender fluid demons, I guess, that could transform from male to female in order to... Um, carry on creating more demons and you know it's really bizarre because these things pop up in loads and loads of different culture not just in christianity that was later you've got um in german folklore you've got the alp of teutonic in zanzibar you've got popobawa um in the chiloa province of chile you've got the tralco even in hungary um, you know, just it goes. It's like every single culture over the world, going back thousands of years, have got this mythology of some sort of creature, usually gargoyle sort of like uh, creature, appearing to a man while sleeping. You know, as a female form, seducing them, having sex with them in order to take something from them. And then for women, it's the same, and they're attempting to pregnant them. Um, and even in you know, in nunneries, if a, if a nun was found pregnant, there was this belief that they'd been attacked by. By a demon, and they would, um, yeah, they'd be burnt to death for it and stuff. You know, it's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, it sounds like the patriarchy again yeah. are trying yeah. to. I didn't fuck her. What happened was she's a witch. The, yeah, Killer. she's yeah. a witch. <laughs> a demon came in whilst I was innocently sleeping. It stole my sperm and t- transported it and got her pregnant. I had nothing to do with it. I was asleep the entire time. I find that throughout history, it's kind of like, do you know in Scooby-Doo when they take the mask off? And it was like the fishermen all along. I keep finding every single time that we've got a problem with something or something bizarre happens, we take the mask off and it's like, ah, it was men all along. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't the pesky meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but... Yeah. but you see on the flip side as well, don't you? It's quite common in mythology for like gods to... Oh. Have sex with human women and, and have same, demigods. So that's yeah. like more acceptable, isn't it? Than like the devil coming in and well having sex with a human and getting them pregnant. No one really talks about that, do they? There's no like demi devils. No. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose you should just be grateful. <laughs> <Shouldn't> <laughs> <we>? <laughs> You should just be grateful I've chosen you To have a demigod And not a half half demon Half human But then gods were pretty If you go into like Greek and 
Roman mm. history of their gods. They're pretty devilish. Yeah, but at least they've got the decency to be hot. <laughs> I guess in Christianity, you've kind of got it on both sides because in the Bible, you know, Mary gets pregnant by immaculate conception and then gives birth to Jesus. And then the counterpoint is that in the, well, in one of the supposed, you know, kind of books of hell, um, the devil is able to do the same thing. Although, so Lucifer and the devil and Beelzebub and things like that are actually all separate things. They're not all one person. Mm. But for, for, the reigner of hell, if you like, for you know, for for Lucifer to be able to do the same thing, to be able to give forth a son on earth, the same way that God does with Jesus, and um, he also would have to, you know, immaculate conception, basically, uh, somehow impregnate um, a, a female, and then she would have to carry it to term and then give birth to, um, you know, Mammon, the son of the devil. So you've kind of got it on both sides that they're, they're both doing it. But I do find it unusual in the mythology that if gods are so immensely powerful that they can create all life on earth, um, you know, they can just sort of spring things into being, mold things from clay. Hmm. But when they need to give forth a child or whatever, they suddenly have to pick some poor random woman and, you know, impregnate her or, or just zap a child into her. And then she has to carry it to term and give it. And I'm like, you're able to create, you know, thunder chaos and demons from absolute nothing like magic essentially um mm. but when but when you need to do a child a woman has to do it so you're telling me that women are still more powerful than you because that's what i'm hearing when i think of that because you're you gonna still... get cancelled everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah because there's still there's still more if you we're still required in order to be the creator of life, you know, in order to carry it forward. So even God and the devil requires a woman in order to carry themselves on. So therefore women are still more powerful than devil and God put together. Cause that's what I'm hearing. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. There's lots of plot holes, isn't there? I think in, yeah. in like Catholicism, but <laughs> it's just men, isn't it? It's just <laughs> Yeah. When it suits them, yeah. I mean, you can spring up two human beings, Adam and Eve, no problem. But when you come in to create a child, you can't just like click your fingers and dot a little kid there and be like, yeah, you. Yeah. And if you do get pregnant, then you're a witch. Yeah. But yeah, yeah our whole religion is based on immaculate conception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you can't have it both ways, can you? You can't have it both can. They can and they do. Yeah. yeah and they will the continue to yeah. actually. So, <laughs> and we're hysterical. Well, yeah. And we're the, yeah, we're the hysterical ones. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. So, I've, I've, have you got anything oh, else to I've add? Got, do you know, I've got so many questions, but we will, for the sake of the, the podcast, we'll we'll press on, um, and then I will incessantly message Evelyn from here on in asking her all my guys' questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's going to block us. The yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> the moment we end this call. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to the confession segment of the podcast, sure. um, which is about you and your love life, sex life. Um, because we all wanna we all wanna feel normal. Yeah, don't we? We all have we these all hilarious, for. weird things happen. Yeah. And you know, we need to normalize that. Yeah. Sex isn't all always sexy. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so question one mm-hmm. is what is the worst sex you've ever had? So what I found uh, throughout the years is that 
my job would be so much easier as a psychologist in general if people just talked to each other. <laughs> um, and I find that as especially I think as as women, um, where you're kind of ingrained not to talk about sex. Um, especially I think for everybody, but especially women, you know, you're Aww. not supposed to talk about it. All the prob a lot of the problems that women um face um sexually are that they just don't ask for what they want and they just don't talk to each other. And so when things don't go as they're supposed to, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, and it takes until we all talk to each other to work out that actually yeah. everyone's having the same, you know, horrific experiences sometimes and it's fairly normal. So I, I think for me, without without hurting anybody's feelings. <laughs> you haven't got many, that, many names. And yeah. if it if it rings true with them, well that's a them problem, isn't it? That's a that's I a always, problem. Yeah. Everyone's like, can't believe you said that on the podcast. And I just think, how do you know it was about you if you weren't acting like an absolute fool? <laughs> <laughs> um I think for me it's just it's probably just where I have gotten together with somebody who I'm just actually not compatible with and you kind of force yourself to like them. <laughs> I spent a lot of um, my years, even, even up until really, I mean, cause sexuality is fluid. And so you're constantly just learning about yourself, but I spent most of my life growing up thinking that I was physically damaged because I just could not get into sex at all. I don't really experience sexual attraction. I could kind of happily leave or take it. I wasn't that into it at all. And so I went through most of my life believing I was, my adult life believing I was asexual. And so that made relationships really quite difficult. And, you know, sex wasn't something somebody did with me. It was something that was done to me, kind of honest, yeah. or, or on me. It was really hard. And um, there would be loads of times where I'd be like, yeah, but I, I really like this person and they are objectively attractive. And then you would try to have sex with them and be like, this is like fucking a table. Yeah. There's, just, there's no you know there's there's no connection or or anything like that and it has taken me I mean and then when I kind of hit my mid-20s I was like oh okay well you know maybe it's just specific people I've always fancied women more than men so I just thought maybe women I was only attracted to and even though I really like men maybe I'm just not sexually attracted to them and then it took me until like the later half of my 20s I mean even in the last like year or so to go okay well I'm probably demisexual and that I require a really strong really strong personal spiritual whatever emotional connection to a person in order to feel attracted to them and it just turns out that for the last 20 one well, oh for the last however many years of my adult life say 10 years I'm 28 so the last 10 years of my life I've just been dating people I don't fancy <laughs> <laughs> And I've literally just discovered that like in the last year, I've just been dating people that I, I got on with really well and I thought were class and I really liked them as a person, but I literally just didn't fancy them. And I just kept trying to jam a square peg into a round hole and make myself fancy them. And so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of 20 and just now going, hmm, so that's a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I think the worst, the worst, all of the worst experiences I have is just, trying to make myself fancy men I just didn't fancy and they're just it's a classic age-old thing of they're like this is really good and I'm looking at the wall over the back of their head being like what am I going to make for dinner tomorrow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I completely relate to that actually yeah I was going to say you you're you've said similar things to me haven't yeah. you yeah it really like I don't know like for for a long time I did feel like that. Like I, I, if I never had sex again, it really wouldn't bother me. And I did kind of, 
put it on myself and thinking you're doing something wrong yeah. if if you don't feel the same way as everyone else does about sex. But I don't think it's like I've kind of just accepted it and I don't think that it's actually a massive deal. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I do actually like having sex with people that I like having sex with. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's everyone else's problem. It's not a me problem. It's a them problem. I think the other big the other big issue is that um, with women in particular, like people are raised to literally believe that you know because their first well, some of their first interactions with sex will be on television or whatever, and so they assume that female male heterosexual intercourse is the definition of what sex is, and that yeah. that's that's what sex should be, and that's how you should get pleasure, and that's how you should climax. And it's so it's really damaging that the vast majority of women on the planet do not climax from intercourse. Yeah. Um. And that that I mean that fucked me up for years because I would <laughs> even like talk to other women and they would be like, no, no, I just do this. And I'm like, that's not that doesn't do anything. And I was literally thinking like, do I have nerve damage somewhere? Like I, like. <laughs> I don't, you know, because we're raised to think that that's what that's, but that's not to me. That is very much male orientated sex. Yeah, and that is sex from a male lens, and then that's what you see on television, and you grow up, and then porn and things like that. And you think, oh yeah, that's what sex is, and it yeah. takes until you actually talk to, I think, other women or read into f- things from the female perspective or female gaze to go, ah, okay, so that's not what sex is. That's sex from a male, very much male. It can be, yeah. but that's what sex is from a male perspective and that it isn't always that and that the vast majority of women actually don't climax from just that. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right about the whole communication thing. People don't communicate um, mm-hmm. about sex within partnerships or with other people. Um, and it... It didn't click for a long time for me that I didn't have to pretend that I liked it. And when I pretend that I liked something, that's what you get. If you yeah. if you say you like fucking chicken and chips, then you eat chicken and chips for the rest of your fucking days because people go, you love chicken and chips. Yeah, it's like if you tell somebody you like something once and then they buy you that every year for your birthday because they think that that's what you like. Yes. It's, yeah, it's it's where you're we're unfortunately, you know, conditioned to take up less space and to not ask for things and to just, you know, endure and take it and endure and then tell yourself that you'd like it. And so when yeah. you do that, we're actively positively reinforcing partners to do things that we don't like because yeah. we just need to stop them and be like, actually, I'm not into this. Could, could that's be something the thing. Else. You can't even blame them for like pulling out no. the same stuff because like you faked an orgasm and so now they think that you really love it it's like you with owls isn't it like she mentioned once that she liked owls <laughs> and now she's got a fucking entire house full of owls yeah what well, didn't even, even say like, 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 like owls <laughs> someone just went oh do you want like i'm gonna get you this top um one's got like a an owl on it an owl on it and one's got like a mermaid on it what one do you want yeah and I was just like, are oh, the owls? And then after that, it was just fucking owls. Yeah. Owl city. <laughs> All I was getting was fucking owl merchandise. Yeah. And it's great because there's owls everywhere. Like you don't realize how much owl paraphernalia there is out there until you know someone who's obsessed with owls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Ah. So moving swiftly on from owls, um, what is the most, Im- what is your most embarrassing sex moment? So the first one that jumped to mind when I saw these questions come through is uh, probably, right, there was a time in, I think, I, how old would I have been, about 19? 
think about 19, maybe 20. Um, I got together with an actor from a television show that will mm. go unnamed. Mm. Um, you can tell us after so we can have a little gossip <laughs> about it. <laughs> Uh, fortunately, it wasn't my first rodeo of um, of, uh, of, of, of of dating a famous person, but that's a different story entirely. And so I, uh, yeah, I, I I got together with this person from an American television show that shall remain unnamed and remain unnamed. And um, so I uh, I go back to the hotel room. You know, I know the script, um, and we're we're chatting away. Uh, and then he goes to me, oh, I just need to quickly um uh like FaceTime home. Uh, if you don't mind And I'm like yeah sure Because it's you know American time UK time Whatever I'm like yeah sure Just jump on He was like I just Like for two minutes Um, So I go to the bathroom And I come back out And he's like Kind of you know Sitting on the futon thing Or whatever At the end of the bed He's got his iPad on the desk And I'm sort of You know just going to Stand back at the shop Assuming he's, he just needs To FaceTime someone And chat to him for two minutes And uh, <clears throat> he's like uh, Yeah do you want to sit down And I'm like Okay sure So I sit next to him And he's like yeah So I just need to quickly FaceTime my wife To let him know That um, You know Just before we go to Go to bed and stuff And I freeze Because I'm like You're fucking what mate y- Your wife uh, I'm like What am I supposed to pretend I am the maid um, So So we're sitting there What the fuck uh, Yeah exactly What the fuck And so Right he And you know The call is already ringing There's nowhere to hide So I'm oh. sitting there I drink in my hand His wife comes on, his wife and three children, one of which is like, one of which is probably like, I don't know, six or seven. The other one's maybe a couple years old. And the one on her lap is like one. Do you know what I mean? Like a baby. And they're sitting on the couch and then, you know, they're just like, it's the middle of the day there. It's, I think it's back in California or something. And they just start chatting. uh, And he just goes, oh yeah. And this is Evelyn. And I'm like, Hi. And she just completely ignores me as if I'm not there, obviously does not make eye contact, continues to talk to him. They chat for a couple of minutes about this and that and day-to-day stuff. And then she just goes, yeah, FaceTime me again when she's gone. And then he goes, yeah, okay, well, and then clicks off the call. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? Um, So he goes, he goes, oh yeah, I'm an, uh, we have an open relationship. And I'm like, okay, respect that. Cause so did I at the time. And I was like, yeah, fine. And he was like, yeah. And, and he, he did the most douchebag thing. He goes, oh yeah, I'm an actor. So she understands that like I have needs and shit. And like, as a 19 year old, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds legit. As an adult, I'm like, what a fucking dickhead. Um, so their agreement was that if he was on the road traveling for stuff or whatever, he could hook up with people. But the condition was that he had to FaceTime her every night and then he'd have to call back once the person was gone to make sure they didn't stay over, obviously. But I did not know any of this. Why didn't know. he just tell you? Like, yeah, like if he said a choice, me, because you could have just been like, that's cool. Yeah. Or, like, no, thank you. That's it was just the fact, you know, she didn't I was 19, she didn't even make eye contact with me. Oh and then obviously she was like, Yeah, just FaceTime me when she's gone. And I was like, What the fuck just happened? I'm like, and then obviously and then so I mean, I'm like uh I'm like an hour taxi ride away from the hotel that I'm staying in, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, let's let's just do this. So we do it. It's it's terrible. Um, oh, it's, it's exactly as terrible and one-dimensional as you'd imagine it to be. It's over in about mm-hmm. 15 minutes. And oh. then, um, and then I make some, you know, some, some, some joke about, um, cause he paid for my cab to get there. Cause it was going to be really expensive. So he was like, listen, I'll, I'll pay for your cab. Like if you want to come over, um, and something. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll, uh, he was like, I'll, I'll sort the cab going back. Like, don't worry about it and stuff. And I made some joke about something and he just slow turned to me and went, wait, are you like, and I was like, you know, 
am I like, what? I don't know what he's about to ask me. And he goes, are you like for sale? And I was like, no, did you just ask me if I was a prostitute? Like, I think his panic was that he'd hooked up with me and then I'd made some joke about the cab being, you know, it was really expensive. It was like a 120 pound cab each way. I'd made some joke about it. And he suddenly clicked, oh no, is she going to like invoice me? Like, what the fuck is going on? So I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. So I got I got back in the cab and go back to like my hotel room thing. And my um my uh my assistant at the time, Alex, was like, uh, you know, he asked me about it. We were staying in the hotel, and I was just like, I was just like, oh god, this is horrific. But everybody else, like the the handful of people I was with, was obviously buzzed because they were like big fans of the television show and they wanted all the gossip. And I was like, I don't know how to tell you that this was one of the oh. weirdest experiences I've oh. ever had. And he followed me on Twitter for ages and would sometimes talk to me and I would just patch him. And then uh, when the whole like Me Too movement came out, I noticed that he surreptitiously just started following me because I wonder if he thought he was going to get called out because he was definitely in his like late 30s and I was 19 and he had me FaceTime his fucking wife. I mean, that is fucking outrageous. That it's, is like, it's at least give you the choice. Like go, look, this is what I've got to do if you want to have sex with me. Yeah, he quite clearly doesn't have any respect for women. No. As she was like, probably fucking relieved he was fucking someone else. <laughs> I hope she was. I hope she that when she put the kids to bed, I hope she was somewhere getting absolutely railed by the gardener because well, that yeah. guy was a dickhead. Oh yeah, God. Oh my God, that is so awful. <laughs> like, even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's kind of like, well, it's not really kind of like that magician that I was like dating. Uh, it's a magician. Yeah. And I, that, everyone laughs at that. And I just think like. No, no, I love why? magic, but I feel like that's the intro to, I just know it's going to be a really good story, whatever it is. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the greatest trick he ever pulled was pretending he didn't have a wife and children. <gasps> Fucking hell, man. Yes. Yeah, so he was, he was real. He was a, a real illusionist and a cunt. So, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I hope he's got business cards somewhere that say like you know Mr. Tom so and so magician and professional cunt yeah professional cunt and he pulls him out of his sleeve like <laughs> yeah um but he used to like take calls from her but then act like she was this fucking hysterical woman but she was actually just like you haven't been home in three days your kids are asking where you are your tea's on the table and he's going oh she's always like this oh my crazy ex-girlfriend yeah but she wasn't his ex she was just his wife being like oh you alive yeah god that's mental isn't it 
Why are they like this? Why are they like? Well, this guy obviously his ego is yeah. Just well, he was so an actor. Massive, but... He was an actor, mm. so you know, you know how it is for actors. Yeah, fucking You're, that yeah. bad. Yeah. You wouldn't have said no anyway. Yeah. So you know he wouldn't have even given you the option because come on. <laughs> yeah. Who are the you? Audacity, <laughs> the audacity of him. Fucking men. Oh, fucking. The, the, the theme of this podcast is just fucking men, right? I know. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be uh, carefree, sexy, and fun. And actually, all the time we're just like fucking. Even the ghosts. <laughs> even the ghosts are guilty of it. Even the dead ones. Even, yeah, the, dead even ones. the dead ones. If, if, at least they had the decency to be dead. Yeah, they had the courtesy to just yeah. be fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> But you didn't have to look at them or speak to them. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Relentless, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't get over that guy. Right. Um, what is the sexiest song? Or your sexiest song? You know, the first thing that that jumped into my head is actually super cliche. It was probably closer by nine inch nails. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That jumped yeah, that right in. Good. I was trying to think yeah. of more contemporary stuff, and my brain probably goes to things like a lot of stuff by the weekend, you know, oh, like yeah. even like You Write by Doja Cat featuring the weekend, Starboy, oh, yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, I saw someone the other day on I think Twitter said that um Smooth by Santana was the sex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, I, I think is, I talked about this recently uh, with with someone else where they were, you know, how some people have like sex playlists, and yes. funnily enough, that guy that we just talked about with a wife did, and it was just all Depeche Mode, and it just screams <laughs> swingers playlist, um, and I just, I don't, I don't have that. I don't think I could have sex with me, you know, music on accidentally, something's on the background, whatever. But I don't think I could actively go through and make a playlist for that, and then go in and hit play. My brain, my ADHD brain, would be too busy listening to the track or wanting to skip it to be able to. Focus on what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, I have a sex playlist. Does it help? Well, I'm not. No one wants to have sex with me, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you know uh, <laughs> when it happens. But um, yeah, my my sex playlist is actually called Starving, <laughs> 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 which everyone finds really funny. Um, and I didn't realise how tragic it was until I announced this to. Our listeners, <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what what's on it? What what sort of stuff? Something a real on? weird mix. Uh, maybe the sex playlist is the the reason why I'm not getting more offers because because there's, there's a, like there's like oh, I can't even think. I, I, I'll have a little um I'll have a little pick up and see um but there's, I just oh, had like a like a vision of someone trying to give head whilst the cha cha slide was on. Yes, well, actually, I'm gonna have nightmares for the rest of my life. We were we were talking the other day uh, to we were doing another interview, and I said that I was having sex once with this guy who had a sex playlist. It was all very gothy and like sexy and whatever. And then the Fraggle Rock theme tune came on. What the fuck? I know, and we didn't stop. Um, so that was really <laughs> awkward. Now I'm scarred for life. Oh, I'm actually uh, one. Another one just popped into my head. Um, Revelations twenty-two to twenty by Pucifer is quite Ooh. possibly the sexiest song of all time. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that's on the Queen of the Dan soundtrack that would qualify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampire, vampire music, music. Yeah, yeah is the one. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little. Um, 
this is one that's on the list um and it's never be the same by camila cabello i just think like why am i playing that whilst having sex with someone (laughs) yeah that's quite depressing i know i'm the problem i'm the problem you're the toxic one (laughs) i'm the toxic one oh my god i'll be the baddies Oh, mate, it's no wonder. It's no wonder. Well, maybe you I'm need to reinvent, reinvent starving. Yeah. And create a new playlist. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, maybe it's mine. I'm putting up the blocks. Universe ain't delivering dick to me because of that. Mm. Okay, well, I'll put that on the list very things negative. to do today. Yeah, very, very okay. negative. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, Evelyn, mm-hmm. what have you done that's made you feel like the kinkiest person ever? That's one of those ones where I, you know, my instinctive response is, uh, I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> 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 the, um, I mean, the thing for me is that I don't, uh, lots of people think that kink is like, you know, kind of basic and and summer things. There's definitely levels to that stuff. But in Edinburgh, um, you know, there's a huge kind of alternative community. So there's a lot of overlap just between like everyday clubbing and BDSM. So we have, you know, Torture Garden, which you guys will have down there as well in yeah. London. It's based in London. Um, you know, and that was all things I'd be going to for years, not to participate in anything particularly sexual, but just to, uh, you know, even for like the theatre and the music and costuming and things like that. And I think also as a psychologist and someone who spent most of their life believing that, um, you know, sex was not for them. I just found it really interesting to go and and be part of a community where I get to kind of talk to other people really openly about different things on the sexual spectrum because everyone's quite aggressively open, and to get to sort of look at and view different things and aspects of people's interests and sexuality, and then try to find where I where I fit into that. So I spent a lot of time in BDSM communities, whether it was just, you know, observing or talking to people um, just kind of, you know, studying it and wanting, wanting to know more. Um, but, you know, I think <laughs> there was, I just remember this the other day. Um, I was moving house recently and I came across a box and in it was a wooden paddle that was engraved with an old nickname of mine, which was Velvet. Um, and it was made by a dominatrix from the States who used to come to this uh, bar and drink. It was friends with me and a bunch of other people. And she was in like her 50s or her 60s. She owned this house that would literally be converted into like a three-story dungeon, basically. Oh, she was a professional cool. dominatrix. She was really interesting. And um, she made... Uh, my friend and I um, paddles, the wooden paddles, and they had like our nicknames engraved on them. And I road tested mine once on on like one of her friends. And when, you know, we were like, well, how hard can you hit someone with this? And I hit them so hard I broke it because I have no chill apparently. (laughs) And I still have it. And I opened this. And the other thing was that she bought, she brought me, no, well, that's the, the other weird thing is that she didn't necessarily bring me it herself. She had a client who was a pilot who was deaf, fly, who was flying to Scotland on a trip. And he, she gave him the stuff to bring over. And then he met me and my friend somewhere and was like, oh, this is a gift from mistress 
whatever her name was, um, you know, from from her. And in the box was also a pair of her stilettos that were very old, like proper vintage, like 70s stilettos that she used to wear when she first started going, like started out as a dominatrix. So I was moving house and I was like, what the hell is in the shoebox? Opened it and it was this stilettos and vintage stilettos from the 70s owned by um, an elder dominatrix from the state and the broken wooden paddle that says velvet in it. And I was like, oh yeah, that was a weird time in my life. I just... <laughs> Was the box that is that is like I can imagine that feeling like very like kinky just being like oh how exciting I am mm. that I've got a box full of all these like sexy bits yeah that's pr- that's pretty cool though that yeah. you hit someone with a paddle and broke the paddle yeah I have it's always one of those things when people are like oh uh I'm really into you know um pain or whatever and I'm like oh, be careful what you ask yeah. for because <laughs> yeah. I, I used to play American football so I'm like oh, I might just feel blown punch someone and be oh. like you like that you're, you're into that <laughs> oh my god yeah it's like where do you draw the line like everyone's like oh yeah I love a bit of like spanking they don't mean beat the absolute living shit out of them <laughs> yeah I'm like that's GBH yeah. Evelyn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. don't tell the BDSM community You'll get so many phone calls Yeah Begging (laughs) to be here I love it (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not for me That It makes me be like Oh, don't hurt me Yeah, I think there's definitely spectrums of that Where where I kind of, as an observer in that community There's definitely extremes of those people Who can endure Whose pain thresholds are just incredible Yeah and I don't think they're able to sexually connect without it, whatever it does in the brain or physically. It's just really interesting as a psychologist. And then there's people on the other end who for, for them, like are the complete opposite, the, the smallest amount of interaction or pain or whatever else, they completely kind of shut off into themselves. So it kind of ranges from people really requiring the most basic functional sex right the way into people requiring really extreme scenarios and dressing yeah. up and psychology and theater and everything for sex um but the whole range of bdsm is just really interesting and i think it's really interesting for like neuroscientists to actually study what's happening in the brain when that's happening because it tells us so much about pleasure and pain and, and personality and the psychology of a person yeah do you think that you like attract a certain type of person because your look is very like um alternative do you and obviously your profession is very alternative do you Mm. get like attention from a lot of people that just think you're like some weird ghost girl yeah I mean there's I think there's definitely a lot of attention from being somebody who is yeah, I mean, not just from from the alternative community. So there's this kind of fetishization of um, kind of pinup style women. I yeah. have a kind of blended aesthetic of two things, which is sort of 1940s noir sort of femme fatale cinema, silver screen cinema style, and also kind of like vampire, basically. And so there's this, this kind of, you know, kind of dark noir is probably my core core aesthetic. And there's definitely a fetishization of that old style Hollywood kind of pinup. And you get a lot of men who think that that is the pinnacle of what women should be. You know, they should be built like that. Their hair should be like that. They should be hyper feminine. Um, but then also because, and then also the kind of people who fetishize, you know, alternative women or kind of goth women, definitely. And then there's a third category of men who just really fetishize, um, women who are really like kind of aggressive and bold and you know 
I find that actually what they're fetishizing is um, seeing us as being more masculine. So they want me to look hyper feminine, but my personality to be hyper masculine is in yeah. that. I behave in ways that men are expected to behave, like being aggressive and driven uh, and assertive. And I take up a lot of space in a room and I am fairly aggressive and, you know, we'll call people out and do things. And so they, they fetishize that, you know, because they want to be dominated, but they also want me to be aggressively feminine at the same time. And you do get, I mean, my message requests on inbox on Instagram is a fucking shambles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, imagine. And that started all the way back from even when I had Tumblr, but you know, men do the most bizarre things. Like if I cut my hair, I would grow my hair all the way down to my waist, get pissed off with it, cut it back to shoulder length. And I would get like death threats because men oh. are really obsessed with me being hyper feminine. And every single time I do anything, like even cut my hair slightly, they go bananas. Um, and you also find there's the opposite where men will seek to invalidate you because of the way that you look. So as a Paris, as a scientist, oh. um, yeah, when I was touring, like on ba- Basti Portuguese Live, um, you know, people like journalists would be writing reviews and they would just be talking about how salacious basically I looked. They would be talking about how low cut my dress was or things like that. Like no one's saying, you know, like Danny and Kieran would come out on stage and they, no one's saying, oh, they wore this shirt or like tight fitting jeans or anything. But as soon as I came out, they were like, oh yeah, she was in this dress and you know, just talk, talking about my appearance. And you'd find that men on Twitter and things or Instagram would be like, oh yeah, it's unprofessional for you to have a dress that's that low cut. And I was like, well, actually it's a normal V-neck dress, but because I have a large chest, it's going to sit lower. It's a dress that is, would if that was on a more athletic, slim or A-cut body type, you wouldn't have an issue with it. I can't control the way I'm built. Yeah. So when I put clothes on, they're seen as being um, you know, provocative, but it's not. It's because you've sexualized and fetishized my hourglass body type. Yeah. But if you put the same clothes on somebody who um, you know, just had a more athletic type body, they wouldn't have the same comments. But they're really aggressive with being like, your dress is too low cut. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that doesn't take away... I'm, I'm sorry. You must. You have. You, are, you. I must have a turtleneck on to have a master's degree. Yeah, you really, can't be really smart bizarre. and pretty. You're not allowed to do that. And the, yeah, the, you're not allowed. Yeah. The notion that they're saying it's unprofessional that you would have boobs. Yeah, um, that's, that's literally it. I know, and not unprofessional them commenting about it. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I I do the thing though of that when they start doing it, I just started wearing even lower cut dresses. So by yeah. the time we were doing our last show in Brighton, I had a dress that was cut virtually to my diaphragm. I had it pinned <laughs> close slightly, but I was like, I'm just going to start buying the most ridiculously over the top yeah. stuff and coming out on stage in it. Yeah, turn up in nipple tassels. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a latex nuns outfit that was made for me by William Wilde um, somewhere. I might just come out on stage in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my you god. Should. Yeah. Have a bit of that. That. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like, that, yeah. that they just they don't care about your credentials either. Yeah. Like you've done exactly the same work as people who aren't deemed attractive, and but you you don't get to say that you're smart or have you know worked really hard because you just happen to be hot as well. I think there's this thing of the the, the expect there's this parapsychologists get this very specific thing of they think they'll just be kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of older white, slightly unusual men in like <laughs> leather coats. And so when I come out, they're like, Oh, there was lots of people who'd only heard me. They'd never seen me before. And so they came to these shows and then they came out and they were like, 
you don't look like what I thought you were going to look like. And I was like, what did you think I was going to look like? Velma from Scooby-Doo? Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't, I wasn't expecting you to have like, you know, like an evening dress on and heels and like 40s hair or whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's what I look like, buddy. Like, I don't, mm. Well, if you did come out as Velma from Scooby-Doo, there's actually like a little bit of a niche for that as well. So there I don't is. think that would have helped you. <laughs> God. Not even Velma is safe from fetishization of no, men on no. the internet. I know. Fuck I see me. hot Vel- Velmas all the time, like <laughs> on these Instagram posts where they yeah. put her in like this tiny little dress and, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. None of us are safe. No, <laughs> none of us are safe. So do you still get angry about that? Does it still like trigger you? Mm. Or do you, have you sort of gotten used to it and just sort of roll your eyes and just think, fuck off? I think it's it's definitely made I've had to be more aggressive because growing up on the internet and um, like on you know right the way from MySpace through but especially on Tumblr it's just you're just constantly being inundated with men sending you you know unsolicited dick pics death threats uh fetishization messages my favorites are when they for, there used to be an anonymous button on Tumblr and they forget to tick it and I would just always publish it because I'd be like now I know who you are <laughs> Um, but you, you would find out that actually some of the time it's from people that you know as well. Mm. Like people will send you anonymous stuff and you're like, I definitely know that that's someone who personally knows me. Um, but oh I think God. it's kind of forced me from a really young age to be more aggressive because it would, it would get to me initially because I would just feel like no matter what I did, if I didn't behave exactly like how they wanted me to behave, I would get ripped apart. Um, and then after a while, I was like, they're going to fucking do that anyway. These are the same guys that will send you death threats, but they're definitely masturbating over your pictures. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you're like, they're going to do whatever anyway. So you might as well just carry on with what you were doing and ignore it. And now I'm at the point where I just start aggressively calling it out. Like I will screenshot people and put them on blast because if people, it's fine to obviously just for your own mental health, whatever, just block them, ignore them. But for me, if these guys don't think that what they're doing is wrong, they'll just yeah. continue to do it. Um, so I am not above screenshotting and putting people on on absolute blast um, on the internet and be like, you'll not do that again. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, if you don't, that's the thing. You're, ex- you're raised to be... You're expected to be nice because if you're not nice, you might get murdered. Yeah, You have to be polite. You have to be calm. You have to be like, oh no, no, thank you. Or no, or no, oh no, I have a boyfriend. Or oh, that's that's funny, thank you. Whatever, and be nice because otherwise, if he decides to get aggressive, you're gonna get murdered, or they're gonna come back and wait till you're finished work and follow you home. Yeah. And so you're raised to be polite, don't make a scene, be flattered, take it as a compliment. I'm not nice, I'm fucking aggressive. And so if I continue to do that and be nice, they'll just like, oh, it's a compliment, and then they'll keep doing it. Yeah. And so I've just started being really, really fucking aggressive. And they instantly go, why are you being like that? Oh my God, you're such a bitch. You're horrible. (laughs) I was only complimenting you. I'm like, nothing in that was a compliment. Everything you do is a threat. Smile more is a threat. Um, You know, or you should do this. Or you look nice when you do this. Or signing up to you or being, you know, or coming into like my space is not, is not a compliment. That's you it's a threat it's always a threat and i will respond accordingly if you put your hand in my face i will fucking bite you that's what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah oh my god you're my hero (laughs) yeah yeah well you've got to haven't you like you said that you uh you know what being nice doesn't help yeah they'll murder you anyway nice for what yeah nice for what yeah yeah fuck them 
<laughs> and it comes full circle again. <laughs> ah, well, we've got one last question for you. Sure. Um, who's the hottest person you can think of, and who's the worst person you can think of? So, who's the hottest person? Uh, um. I think like my first like my first male crush was probably David Duchovny as Fox Mulder in the X Files. Oh my god! Oh, what a show! He's so salty, isn't he? Yeah, that sexual tension between him and Scully <laughs> was just—it's just unbearable. It's unbearable. I think for uh, do you know, and then I think. You know, as the years gone by, like Mads Mickelson is quite a, is a oh. really aggressively <laughs> handsome man. Gosh, yeah, I watched Less the film the other night with Mads in it. Fucking love him as well. Yeah. Um, I also, I also have a bit of a crush on Tom Hiddleston as well. Just something about him I really like. Um, I also just yeah. because he's so knowledgeable as a theatrical actor, and just I just find him really interesting in his voice and things like that. Yeah, um, that's a weird one for me because I don't really when I see pictures of him I don't find him sexually attractive at all but when I see him animated and talking think, and doing things yeah, yeah I think and it's not when he's even in things it's when he's being interviewed and he's a yeah. bit he's a bit saucy isn't he Tom Hiddleston yeah he seems very um what's the word he seems like I quite like him because he seems like he's sort of being himself yeah, I yeah. don't like yeah. it. All these actors just putting on this little like show of like, oh, I'm so modest and oh, I'm this and that. And you just think, fuck off, you're lying. <laughs> um, but he seems very natural, and like everything he does is kind of very like, I don't know, like not. It doesn't seem like a, faca- a facade. It's yeah. just normal, and yeah. he's just yeah, really he's just a bloke, me, just normal, being there, yeah. being cheeky, saying things that maybe he shouldn't be saying. Yeah, that's what I like about giggling, it. laughing. Yeah, <laughs> I think for uh, for women, um, my my oldest female crush is probably just Angelina Jolie. I just oh, yeah. yeah, she's just a she's just tear. I just I like women that look like they would cut my throat in my sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, Angelina Jolie or um, yeah, like I've seen the other day. Even I think my first female crush was the lead singer of Roxette. With a kind of short blonde, like blitzed hair, um, you know, even uh, like Charlize Theron, um, mm, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, just yeah, women who who have the personality of handguns, and I'm like into that. <laughs> they, um, the more uh, you're like I, I scared and turned on. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's the category. Just the right amount of scared and turned on. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you with that. Yeah. Like that strong, like female, almost masculine energy. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to think as you were saying that, but I got, no one springs to mind. But yeah, it is that like sort of authoritative, like yeah, absolute authority. Control. Yeah, yeah. I can't I'm think of the the worst person, like the least, like what is the most unsexy person. Probably, yeah. I don't know, Tories. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, anyone, <laughs> anyone, Any, anyone, anyone in Westminster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that kind of, I don't know, Boris Johnson, uh, Winston Churchill, um, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, there's a running theme there. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know, probably just, yeah. I think Yaz in general, um, you know, just guys who, uh, who especially who, um, who think that they don't have to have a, a personality because they're wealthy, that sort of thing. You know, people who have control and, and, and power and think that they're, they're James Bond and you're just like, no. And they, and they're the kind of people who respond really badly to hearing the word no as well, because they're having power or connections or money make them think that they can have any women that they want. And I'm just like, I'm just completely uninterested in any of that. Yes. It does come as a shock to them, doesn't it? When they're like, I don't understand this. I'm rich. You're like, and like, yeah, why, think, why aren't you saying yes to me? Everyone else does. I think, uh, I think talent is the most attractive quality on earth and it, and talent in anything, it doesn't, you don't have to be a great painter or a musician or a sportsman. It could just be doing one thing really well and being really passionate about it and just doing one thing, anything, you could just be a really cracking bin man. And that's still attractive. You know, like it doesn't wow. matter what it is, just being really good at one thing or being really engrossed or involved or yeah, having yeah. something Take just being talented in it yeah being yeah. talented at one thing and I'm like that is I just think it's the most attractive quality on earth to just meet someone who's just really good at something or talented at something and I just don't know there's something about that yeah completely agree with you with that someone that's passionate about something yeah. is just like to hear them talk about what they're passionate about or to do what they're passionate about and to watch them doing what they're passionate about is so, so sexy. Oh God, I love it when you're talking to someone and you're looking at them and they're really describing how much they love something and Mm. you're just like, get your dick out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. There is a second part to that question, isn't there? Yeah. Charles, Um, do you want to, do you want to deliver it? Okay, so did did you decide, Evelyn, who your most, if you had to pick one of them, David Duchovny, Tom Hiddleston, Mads, Angelina, Charlize. From Roxette. The lead singer Uh, from Roxette. uh, You had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Julie. I'd probably pick Angelina Julie. She's like my oldest crush. Okay, so you have to have sex with Boris Johnson mm-hmm. or Angelina Jolie, but she's freshly dead. Boris Johnson is alive. Boris Johnson. Ange- is alive. Angelina, um, sign me up for necrophilia right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no question. The thought yeah. of going anywhere within five feet of Boris Johnson, <laughs> unless armed with an axe is really unappealing just the thought of even like having to like politely kiss that man literally oh. makes every hair on my body like the kill bill siren that are built yeah. into all women that just starts going off in my head oh god that actually yeah. gave me like like, like gooseies mm. <laughs> yeah just the thought yeah. of like even him looking at you like his eyes on you mm. he's like, just repulsive he's just one of the most repulsive people yeah he's um, a monster you might find this quite interesting, actually, Evelyn. When we ask people that question, literally all the women always say that they'd rather sleep with the dead person. Mm. We are completely in, in agreement yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the men always say that they would never have sex with someone that was dead. They'd rather have sex with someone they hate. That's interesting. 
That's really interesting, isn't it? But if you could do some research into that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, off the top of my head, that's likely to be that women, uh, obviously men experience this too, but women, you know, more often so, and especially from, you know, a very young age, are just conditioned to accept bad sex all the time and, and horrific sex and just endure and endure and endure things. So they know what's coming with that. They'd much rather be like, no, no, what the dead is the, dead is the better <laughs> option. Whether it's for men, sex is not, again, not always, but, it's generally geared more towards them. They're generally going to have a better time. They're generally going to have per capita less severe or negative instances, not to say absolutely that they don't, but they're likely to have less. And I think as they're growing up, they're expected, you know, that even the worst sex will probably be like, so the worst sex for a man will probably be be having sex with someone that he's not attracted to. And the worst sex for a woman will be like full-blown sexual assault. It's the same thing that when they interviewed people on like Tinder, they were like, what's the worst thing that can happen when you turn up to meet someone? And the guy said, oh, she'll be fat. That's what they said. And the women said, oh, they'll they'll murder me, basically. Like that's that's the gap in that. Bad sex for a man is like, uh, is, is still, a, you know, the, a man's worst sex is still probably like a six out of 10 for us because we are conditioned constantly just to expect uh, bad sex our entire lives. That's fucking mental. Imagine the worst scenario you can think of is that you end up on a date with a fat chick. Yeah, that's what they said. Oh, she won't look like a profile photo. That's She'll be mental. really overweight. That's yeah. mental. And then We're, women are like, yeah. "Oh, I'll die." Yeah. And men are like, "Going, yeah, but you know, at least at least they weren't bigger than the average or bigger than I expected." And you just think that's fucking insanity, isn't it? It's absolute insanity. Yeah, <laughs> absolute insanity. Yeah. And people think it's all equal between men and women. I know, just, yeah. Like, men don't not, have to yeah. worry. I would love a little turn in the in the tides and men start being like, yes, well, you know, she was skinny, but she also was a murderess. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I what want there to be a, a Netflix special called The Size Six Murderess. Yeah. Yeah, make men a little bit scared of... You know. Oh yeah, I want to get one of those uh, MAGA hats that say "Make America Great Again," but just have it say "Make Men Afraid Again." <laughs> I want to make one of those. Well, we'll take two, please. <laughs> All right. Well, that I could I could talk to you forever, um, Evelyn. Honestly, um, but we'd better we'd better stop with the question. Yep. How long have we been? How long have we been on? Can you tell? Um, no, about an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, is it an hour Coming and a half? Up, oh, yeah. God. Better stop. I better yeah. stop. Yeah. Well, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, hope we haven't scarred you too much. No, just, no, you're fine. Just quickly so, before you go. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some things in the pipeline at the moment, haven't you? I that do. you're working on. Oh, yes. So do you want to oh, tell us a little bit that, about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so at the end of the month, um, performing at the Hay Festival, um, Hay Festival of Literature and Arts. So we're going to be doing an episode of Uncanny, uh, basically with a crowd. We're going to be doing it live. Um, there's also um, some new podcast shows coming out in the BBC over the summer, which I can't announce the titles of yet, but there's going to be new new podcast stuff. Um, I've got four podcast interviews this month. I think you're number two at the moment. Oh. So there's going to be lots of interviews and new episodes and things. 
And then the big thing is that on the 27th of May, um, as well as the Hay Festival, it's on the same day, um, the first episode of uh, our new TV show comes out. So Spooked Scotland is coming out on, it's going to air on channel really on television, and then it's going to be streamed on Discovery Channel Plus. And it's me, Gail Porter, Chris Fleming and Ryan O'Neill investigating um, some of Scotland's most beautiful and haunted locations. Um, we filmed it over September last year to January this year. And uh, yeah, the first episode comes out at the end of this month. I can't wait for that. I, I can't love, wait for that. I that love a so ghosty goings on type programme. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it and it looks mm. really exciting. It was really, it was really good fun to film. Um, um, we had, yeah, we went to some of those just insane locations, just places where television crews have never been allowed before, and yeah. things like that. And yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. There was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, and um, there's a phenomenal crew and team and stuff to work with. It was, yeah, it was an absolute, it was an absolute ride. So hopefully, we get to do, get to do more of it. Do you ever get scared? Not really, because. I grew up with so much like horror and, you know, this is all kind of normal for me, you know, ghost stories and beliefs. And I grew up with a lot of horror video games and things like that and, and horror books and stories and film and television. But yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, people, you know, on, on set and things, you know, people would always say, oh, it's really bad if everyone gets frightened. That's how we know. Um, and <laughs> I, we know we need to get out of here. Yeah, that's 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 the, the get the fuck out button is me being like, guys. Um, I think that's almost worse than hanging around with people that are just freaking out all the time. If someone who isn't scared of anything is like, no, no, we need to get out of here. I'd, no. I'd just die. I think it's only really happened to me like kind of once on set where, where I wasn't, I wasn't super scared, but yeah, even I was like, Right, that's yeah. That you know, I I I got the kind of electric shock of what the hell is going on. Um, oh but I don't I, habitually as a person, I I'm not really a super jumpy or scared person. I'm the idiot that goes down to the basement in like a <laughs> horror film. Everyone else is like, "We're leaving." I was like, "No, I need to know." <laughs> yeah, get out, get out! You screaming yeah. at the screen, going, "Fucking get out of there! Don't check! Don't go yeah. down there! You know it's down there." And I'm, yeah, I'm the first person to be like, I'm going to go downstairs and chat to the ghost. <laughs> oh my God. But do you think that's almost like an insurance policy? Like you go down there and you're like, look, listen, mate, don't fuck around. Yeah. I'm here to just live a normal, quiet life. And then the, the ghost's like, oh, okay, well, this is no point. You just, yeah, go, go downstairs and be like, listen, lad. I'm on the back shift. Yeah. I'm up the morning. You can't be down here rattling chains and shit. Like it's it's four o'clock in the morning. All right. I'm going to end up calling the police. They're going to come to the door. You're going to get lifted. So just simmer down. And they're, they're ringing their mates going, don't bother mate. It's fucking yeah. worthless here. She's not having any of it. She's, she's having none of it. Yeah. We went to this, uh, went to the Scottish bird's house and she came downstairs with a Ouija board and told me to fuck off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You see new programs and people are like, day one, this happened. And I'm like, what do you mean day one? There'd only be one day. There wouldn't be any more days. I would leave the house. And they're like, they're not packing up their kids and getting the fuck out of there. Like, I don't understand. I can't get my head around it, especially when it's so disruptive and like... Mm. Yeah, poltergeist activity and stuff. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like you're going down to your kitchen every morning and fucking all your knives are in the ceiling, and you're like, "Come I'm on like, now, you silly goose!" I'd be like, "I'm going to be late for work again." Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know how people like carry on like it because I just couldn't. And you just think, move out, mate. Live in a tent in front garden. Don't fucking go back in there. I don't want you there. I would just be annoyed more than anything else. I don't even think it's the fear level. It's the disruption to your everyday life, like not being able to do things, like go and take a piss without having, I don't know, like. 
everything in the bathroom turned upside down, I would just get hacked off. I would be like, I am way too tired. For this. <laughs> <laughs> I live with a toddler, so that's what my life's like anyway. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So yeah, we'll let you go now. We'll let you go. Yeah, sorry, thank we've taken enough of your time. No, it's all right. <laughs> thank you so much talking to us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you. Um, and people can follow you on Instagram and Twitter. They can. Yeah. 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 Cool. So go and follow Evelyn Hollow. Yeah, we'll put all your your links and bits and bobs up. Thanks no so worries. much. Thank you for having me. It's definitely <laughs> been one of the more interesting and weirder in- interviews I've ever done. <laughs> I've had a great time. I don't know whether that's a good thing. You're not scared of anything and you're saying we're the weirdest ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We you, found you guys weakness. are the weird ones. <laughs> I'm taking it as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye, girls. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.